Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today, my guests are Roger and Chris Van Hooser. And Roger and Chris did the Down East Loop a few years back, and they presented about that on our Spring Rendezvous just this year. And with all of the discussion recently in the AGLCA Members Forum on the Down East Loop and the availability of a Burgee for it, which we have tracked down, um, we got a suggestion from one of our members that maybe we ought to cover this on Great Loop Radio, and here we are. Before we get down to the topic at hand, though, I do want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes & Associates, Dog River Marina, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And with that out of the way, I would like to introduce Roger and Chris Van Hooser. Roger and Chris, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Well, and as I mentioned, you uh, presented, I believe it was a 90-minute session on the Down East Loop at our Spring Rendezvous. So obviously you've, you've done a lot of work in preparing to explain what this is. Um, and that's probably a great place to start because I'm not sure that all loopers or other boaters even uh, are really familiar with the Down East Loop. So kind of give us an overview of what it is and where the route takes you. Now the Loop, uh, we began, and I think most people do, uh, from basically from New York City and go up the Hudson uh, River to uh, the Champlain Canal and into Lake Champlain, then uh, through Lake Champlain, come out the north end uh, into near Canada at that point, uh, into the Chamblay Canal, and which connects to the Richelieu River, then uh, out the St. Lawrence, take a right and go uh, east on the St. Lawrence until it meets the Atlantic. Uh, then go south around uh, uh, Quebec, and then New Brunswick, and we took a little side trip out to Prince Edward Island and Cape Breton Island. Then uh, back down to around Nova Scotia, uh, across the Bay of Fundy to Maine, and then worked our way back down the New England coast. Uh, back to New York, and uh, to complete the loop. So, obviously, the beginning of that, some loopers do as part of their great loop, but we also have a lot of loopers who tackle the Down East Loop somewhat after their great loop. Um, So, tell us, you know, obviously, it's not quite as big as the great loop, but the route takes you in a lot of different places that are a little bit more technically challenging than the great loop. So, Tell us a little bit about the challenges that you face and, and the boating skills that you might need to do the Down East Loop. Well, I'm not sure that it's really more technically challenging. Uh, the only things that are different are you have some uh, pretty strong currents on the St. Lawrence. Uh, you have some uh, pretty, you know, you know, they have 20-foot tides when you're down around the Yarmouth, uh, Nova Scotia. And if you go up the Bay of Fundy, you, you know, tides get even higher. Uh, and then probably the uh, one more technical is in the summer, uh, you'll almost always have a fair amount of fog coming around the Nova Scotia coast. So you do need to be pr- fairly adept at dealing with uh, using your radar and, and comfortable doing it. Is, 
how much of this trip is actually kind of open water versus inland waterways? Uh, well, I hadn't really calculated that, but um, you know, just roughly, are you coming? I'd are you, prob- uh, you know, in the Atlantic coming down the coast? That I, yeah, 1,500 miles of it probably at least are, you know, are coastal and instead mm-hmm. of, uh, instead of, you know, inland, inland waterways. And then you have a, you know, a hundred mile crossing uh, from Yarmouth, Nova Scotia to Bar Harbor, Maine, which is really just, you know, purely open water. But mm-hmm. it's that easy, but it's very easy cruising. Okay. So considerations then really just um, primarily the change in tides and the potential for fog. Yeah. I might interject and say that in a way I think um, it's a little bit, it's actually maybe a little less stressful than some of the Great Loop. You know, like this year, you know, we did the Rideau and the Trent Severn and the Georgian Bay. And in those areas, you know, you really, you know, you're, you have to be very focused, you know, almost every second, you know, because you need to stay in channels and, you know, pay attention to your, your markers. And, you know, this cruising was, um, even the St. Lawrence is like 30 miles wide at places. So you're in very open water. There's very little boat traffic to have to really be concerned about as well. So in some ways, it's a little bit more laid back. That's a in- really interesting perspective, Chris. I appreciate you sharing that because a lot of people I do talk to, you know, think it's a little bit harder because of the open water. But that's that's a great thought that the open water actually gives you more space to maneuver and you don't have to worry so much about the channel. Um, so, so with that perspective, uh, let's back up for a second and kind of fill us in on your boating experience prior to the Down East Loop so we can kind of, ex- you know, understand uh, what level of skill you had before you did this. Uh, I had a fair amount of uh, coastal cruising experience on the Pacific Coast for quite a few years. Uh, and uh, Chris and I are second-time rounders, and she had not had that. We bought the uh, our current boat in South Carolina in November of 2015, and our first uh, real trip on it was from Charleston to New York. And uh, so we didn't really know the boat. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, there's really very little experience required to do that other than should know how to deal with your radar and, and also, I think being able to, you know, set an anchor and stuff is you know, pretty important. Sure. So give us your trip stats. Tell us, you know, the distance, how long it took, and, and the other pertinent stats to long-distance cruising like this. Okay. We traveled 2,400 nautical miles from New York back to New York on our whole loop. We had some little side trips, like out to Prince Edward and to Cape Breton Island and some little islands off the coast of Maine. So it's 2,400 nautical miles, uh, 345 engine hours. Uh, We had 68 travel days and 102 total days. We anchored 32 nights. Uh, We were on mooring balls 31 nights, three nights on lock walls, and 36 nights in marinas. And... some of the things that people worry about on the Great Loop, if they they haven't done it or haven't, you know, experienced a lot of long-distance cruising, are um, locks, commercial traffic, 
and the availability of facilities like Marina. So I understand that you anchored um, and had mooring balls on, on pretty frequent occasions. Um, so tell us about those factors. Are there any locks on this trip? Um, is it difficult to deal with commercial traffic that you may be running across? And talk about the availability of facilities for those who prefer to tie up at a, a dock every night. Uh, the there are very few locks. You have a few locks, I think seven or eight locks, maybe on the uh, Champlain Canal, and another I don't know maybe twelve or so on the uh, Chamblay Canal, um, and one uh, going into Cape Breton Island, one in and one out. Uh, so not many locks compared to mm-hmm. the Great Loop. Uh, commercial traffic on the St. Lawrence, uh, you know, we were a little intimidated by the thought of it, and there's actually very, very little. Uh, and I mean, the river is so wide uh, that I don't think we're ever in it where it was less than half a mile wide, and many times it's you know two or three miles wide. Uh, so that really wasn't an issue. Um, the things that we were kind of, you know, I guess you are concerned about just really weren't. Oh, and you're talking about marinas. Uh, Uh On the St. Lawrence, the marinas are small, and uh, our boat is, you know, 52 at the waterline and 58 overall, so we're a pretty good-sized boat. And they always had space for us. We were always on an end tie, which was fine, but uh, they always found space for us. So that was just wasn't, uh, really wasn't much of an issue either. Okay. Now, well, the one all... thing that people, some people, yeah, that people aren't can be intimidated by is kind of crossing the bar where the St. Lawrence uh, empties into the Atlantic. Um, yeah, we crossed it on a day that we had some, you know, five and six foot stuff. But we could have chose to wait a day and had, you know, two or three foot, you know, water as well. So, and uh, that's not much of a problem. We had good fuel availability all the time. Of course, you know, Canadian fuel is more expensive, uh, but getting fuel was never an issue. You know, there's plenty of fuel in places you know, all along. the. Every, certainly within every 100 miles you can get fuel. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you mentioned that you are in, in a larger boat. Um, do you feel like that is part of what made you able to do some of those larger waves you came across? Um, you know, Any cautions you would have to some of the members that might be doing it in a smaller boat? Well, I would, I mean, it just depends on your, your comfort level. Um, but certainly in a 40-footer, you can certainly do all that, or a 35-footer. Uh, however, it's certainly not comfortable, but uh, you can always, you typically just wait a day for the weather to improve, and, and loopers typically do that anyway. Now, we right. did uh, see a couple or, you know, some uh, Canadian couples and uh, in like, you know, 34-foot, uh, one in a 34-foot well-craft uh, express cruiser type doing that whole loop uh, with three kids, no less. <laughs> well, and, and time frame, um, I'm sorry, I don't remember exactly how many days you told me, but it's pretty typical for this to be able to done it, be done in one summer boating season, correct? Oh, absolutely. We did. Our, our total was 102 days. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it's yeah, easily done in a summer. So, so almost could be a practice loop for some of the loopers out there who aren't ready to, to take on the 6,000 or so miles. Um, what made the two of you decide, because you're um, in progress on the loop right now, the great loop right now, but you haven't finished it, correct? Correct. 
So what made you decide to do the down east loop before you finished the Great Loop? Well, when we planned, we really planned to do that from the very beginning because uh, we figured, okay, we wanted to do the, the down east, uh, but then we also said, hey, we uh, we uh, we always read about and on the the forum that people seem to never have enough time in the Georgian Bay and North Channel, and uh, so and you know through the Trent Severn and all that. So we decided, well, let's have get the boat up, have the boat uh, do the down east loop, have the boat positioned up there so as soon as the canals open in May uh, that we can have, you know, May, June, July, you know, August, and fairly September in the Great Lakes before heading down the Inland Rivers. So mm-hmm. it g- gave us the incentive, that really gave us the incentive to say, okay, let's go do the Great Loop or the uh, Down East Loop while we're at it. Yeah, it sounds like very good it timing. It also allowed us, it also allowed us to this year include the triangle loop, you know, so we went up to Montreal and then did the Rideau as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, definitely uh, inter- good planning and um, interesting timing. So, and as, as we discussed before we uh, started the broadcast here, um, your boat is now in Michigan for winter storage, correct? Yes. So you were able to spend, you know, as much time as you wanted, basically, until it, the weather started to get a little colder on the Great Lakes, and then you'll continue uh, down the river system next season? We plan to uh, spend uh, probably another month in, uh, or maybe longer, May and June, in the North Channel, and uh, possibly Georgian Bay, some of that again. Then we'll plan to spend two months, about two months, in Lake Superior before we come back to uh, Lake Michigan and uh, then begin our way down the, uh, you know, down the Inland Rivers. Yeah, we'll have to have you come back after you finish Lake Superior and, and tell us about that trip because um, that's such a neat side trip as well. So we're going to take just one uh, moment and play a message from one of our sponsors. When we come back, I want to kind of dive into um, the less statistical things about how long it takes and what the distance is and talk about some of the highlights, some of what you uh, were able to see and do on the Down East Loop. So we will be back right after this message. The new MJM-50Z is the most technologically advanced production motor yacht available. First worldwide to incorporate a Seakeeper gyro stabilizer as standard equipment to virtually eliminate roll in ways underway or at anchor. And in June 2015, the first to include fully opening power windshields for control of fresh airflow. MJMs are unique in the industry, built of environmentally clean, stronger and lighter epoxy compounds composites in the USA. Owner benefits are significant. A smaller carbon footprint with 50 to 100 percent better fuel efficiency. A top speed with optional triple IPS 600s of 40 knots and crews of 35 knots. A more responsive, enjoyable driving experience and greater safety offshore. For more information, visit them on the web at www.mjmyachts.com. We're back on Great Loop Radio. Today we're talking about the Down East Loop with our guests Chris and Roger Van Hooser, who have completed the Down East Loop and have presented on it for us at our Spring Rendezvous. Um, Chris and Roger, tell us a little bit about some of the highlights. What are some of the, the most interesting or amazing or unique things that you saw as you were completing the Down East Loop? Chris, take it. Well, there are some amazing sights to see on this loop. 
I will admit that um, the St. Lawrence can get a little uh, slow and dull and, and between Quebec and reaching um, the Saguenay Fjord. But um, starting from, you know, entering from the Hudson up to um, the Champlain Canal into Lake Champlain, the Chambly, and the Richelieu, Roger and I, even after this year, say that's probably one of our favorite um, treks so far of our excursion on Miss Utah. Um, when you, of course, Quebec is a fascinating city, um, one not to be missed by any means, and you need to plan a few days there. The um, next great stop is the Saguenay Fjord, and the Saguenay Fjord is home to numerous species of whales, including beluga whales, and you can just sit at the mouth of the fjord for hours and whale watch in your own boat, which is so exciting. Um, as you um, go out to St. Lawrence and take the turn around um, the Quebec province there going south, you enter into the Gaspé Bay, and again, you have a phenomenal whale show um, just sitting there again for hours watching them, you know, just, you know, play in the water. It's just fascinating. Um, and then something that I had read about, um, which is really probably the um, major highlight because it was such a unique surprise, you expect to see whales, but there's an island off the Quebec coast called Il Bonaventure, um, if you look for Per Se um, on the mainland, you cannot take your own boat to the island of El Bonaventure, but you can take a ferry over. And this island is um, the nesting grounds for over 250,000 different types of seabirds, um, predominantly gannets. I mean, there are hundreds of thousands of gannets on this island. And um, it's really when you get you take a little hike over to the opposite side of the island from where the ferry lands, and it is just wall-to-wall uh, gannets. They're either thinking about mating, in the process of mating, sitting on an egg, sitting on a hatchling, or you know any of, of the, those things. And it's a fascinating experience. To me, it was like a National Geographic moment. <laughs> um, not to be missed on this track. I mean, I mean, it was worth it just to see that. Um, and of course, you know, you get down to Prince Edward Island and Cape Britain. Um, the Bedore Lakes of, of Cape Britain are are just fascinating, um, beautiful, clear. Um, and then the coastline of Nova Scotia, the little uh, fishing villages and quaint towns of Nova Scotia, are delightful. Everything in Maine is delightful. Um, not to be missed is Monhegan Island. Um, it's about 10 miles off the coast of Maine. Um, it's, we were on a mooring ball there, and it's an, a very neat place to hike. It's kind of an artist community, so there'll be artists with their easels, you know, painting different things on the shoreline. Um, what else, Roger? Oh, the, uh, all the, you know, the historic parts of the New England coast are fascinating. And then out of Boston off the tip of Cape Cod is the Spellwagon Bank, another phenomenal place to sit and watch whales. That's Absolutely really an wonderful. amazing experience. Yes, that sounds, that yeah. sounds like some, and then the, some amazing things to see. Yeah, and the Long Island Sound, we really didn't have very high expectations for it, but all the ports in the Long Island Sound were absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. So with all of those highlights was there anything that really didn't quite meet your expectations on the trip 
Well, I don't think we went with a lot of expectations because we really didn't know what to think. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we were actually, you know, you know, more surprised about, um, you know, the 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 things that we saw. You know, going out to St. Lawrence can be a little bit boring. You know, there's not a lot there. It's wide, and depending how far you are offshore, you know, there's not a lot to see. But, um, you know, Quebec is great, and then you get to the Saguenay. And the little towns that you anchor at along the way, they are little. They're very rural. Um, but they're, they're, they're quintessential in their own right. So um, you, make, you make the best of every little stop that you, you, you go to. Right. Any suggestions that the two of you have for people who are contemplating doing the Down East Loop, either before or after their Great Loop? Uh, I, yeah, there's a, a few. I would say the, uh, the, there's a book called The Down East Circle Route uh, by Cheryl Barr, B-A-H-R, I believe, that really is the Bible for doing the Down East. And it's very, very thorough. Information is very good. Uh, if anything, it probably yeah, makes it more yeah, scary or challenging than it really is. Uh, but that you know that's that's the must. Uh, and then just being comfortable with your radar and with anchoring, and uh, just don't expect to have lots as much socialization as doing the Great Loop because you're typically doing it by yourself. You're not doing it with a with other boaters or a group of boaters. You occasionally run into someone that you've seen somewhere else, uh, but it's not the norm. So it's it's a different type of route. It's, it's you know scenic. It's beautiful. It's uh, you know everything, but it's just not you know the social experience is is doing the Great Loop. Right. Well, given the the interest in the past week in the Down East Cruisers Loop Burgee, <laughs> perhaps you will be running into others out there, um, or more easily be able to identify others uh, that are doing the Down East Loop based on that Burgee. Um, and if anyone uh, missed that discussion in the forum. Um, apparently, AGLCA, several years ago before I was really involved, um, purchased the rights to the Down East Loop Burgee. Um, who knew? <laughs> so we have resurrected that by member request and have it on our website right now as a members-only product. Um, you can pre-order it for use you know, when you're doing your Down East Loop. Um, we don't know whether there will be another opportunity to pre-order um, from what I understand, when we did it, used to have it as a stock item. It never really sold a whole lot of them, so that's why we're doing it as a pre-order. So you can do that now, between now and I believe it's um, November 15th. Um, Chris and Roger, any last thoughts, anything I neglected to ask you about before we wrap up? My thought is just just do it. Yeah, to both of us, I think it is the down east surpassed what we have done as far as the, as the just purely the great loop portions. Uh, so don't be afraid of it. Uh, just as one of those, just go do it. Great. Well, and that really Chris, does say a lot thoughts? because you've been to, uh, you've been to most of what, what most people consider most of the highlights of the great loop at this point. Um, so that's uh, very good advice. Very nice to hear. Chris, did you have any final thoughts? Well, I would just say that it makes a lot of sense to do it the way we did do it, you know, in splitting it up. Um, now, we've decided that it's going to take us, you know, three seasons to do the entire uh, Great Loop, Down East and Triangle, um, you know, and, and that works for us. 
that it does make a lot of sense to do, you know, if you're starting up the East Coast to, to do it then and then winter. Um, otherwise, you may not ever get back and do it. So that, that's my two cents worth. Great. Uh, Roger and Chris Van Hooser, thank you so much for joining me today. We appreciate your time. Thank Great. you. It was thank our you, pleasure. Kim. Yeah, and to our listeners, Tim, thank you for being needs, with us. Oh. Yeah, go ahead, Roger. Yeah, if anyone, anybody, feel free to contact us anytime. We'll be glad to, you know, help them any way we can, share any information, whatever we have. Excellent. We appreciate that. And, and AGLCA member, a, excuse me, AGLCA members, of course, can find the Van Hoosers in the member roster on the website. Um, thank you for joining us, and thanks to our listeners for being here again this week. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising. <laughs>